Yo, what's going on, everyone? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecued Movies. Well, today is April 19th, 2022. Guess what? It's currently 2.22 a.m. in the morning. Of course, this podcast is not for April 19th. It's for April 18th, but you know what? What I'm going to be talking about today can be applied to maybe April 19th. We'll see. We will see. Okay, so what is today's podcast all about? Well, I'm going to talk about that mother who was butchered over there in Forest Hill, Queens, New York. Um, It's horrible. On top of that, a lot of the circumstances, it just really doesn't make sense to me. So we're going to get into that on the B block. On the A block, though, I have some things I want to talk about before I dive into this whole murder mystery here. Um, So anyway, hold on. Let Let me put this music on hold here. Now, first of all, before I get started... Uh, A couple of things before I get started. First of all, thank you so much for all the wedding inquiries that have been coming into my business. Uh, Yesterday, I got tons of wedding inquiries for vow renewals, uh, family portraits, you know, weddings, elopings, elopements. And, uh, you know, I've never had that many inquiries ever in my entire life. You know, ever since I started my wedding company, I don't think I ever had that many. And uh, I hope I book all of them. I really do. Uh, it'll make a really big difference for me financially. Uh, I'm not really struggling financially, but I am treading water. I'm not doing my best because ever since COVID hit, you know, things have just, you know, th- things didn't recover as quickly as I wanted to, especially since Joe Biden came to office. And then a lot of people, you know, they just, they inquired, then they kind of dropped off the face of the planet because some of them said, you know what? We don't have enough money to come down to Hawaii. So I'm hoping some of these inquiries pan out. But um, even if they don't, that's fine. I always love to get inquiries. Um, I know many of you who inquired listen to this podcast. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. So business is slowly coming back despite Biden. (laughs) And just to warn all of you out there, you know, prices out there, they're still out of control. Uh, you know, regarding food, catering for your wedding, you know, flowers, hotel prices. Airfare is still somewhat fair. Uh, I just checked it. So if you want to fly out to Hawaii and you're coming from California, uh, from LAX to Honolulu, and it's just about a month out. Say so you, you want to book out a month out from now, you can get a round trip like 340 bucks on Delta. That's incredible. I haven't seen prices that low for a long time. Now, before this, The prices were about $220 round trip. That's incredibly low. Now, I'm not sure what's happening because, you know, the airlines want all of their seats filled, but then some airlines are canceling their flights to Hawaii because of pilot shortages. And, you know, you're kind of of asking yourself, where do all the pilots go? And and I'm getting, you know, calls from my wedding couples saying, hey, we're about to come down to Hawaii and our flights got canceled. That's kind of nuts. So where did the pilots go? Well, I talked to a few of them because, uh, you know, uh, you know, when during COVID, a lot of them, you know, were not flying, right? And uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of these pilots, they kind of left their careers. Uh, I guess some of them were looking for a way out, and they just left because of COVID. And now, many of them got another job. They started, you know, uh, you know, to us who don't fly, I think we we think you know, the flying is just like an ultimate, you know, really cool job. But to them, it's just another job, right? And they're they're just looking to maybe. Move to, move to another profession. So a lot of pilots left. And then a lot of pilots, 
you know, didn't want to get vaccinated because a lot of them already got COVID. So blame, you know, this situation of, you know, canceled flights to Hawaii on Biden, who basically, you know, told airlines, you know, if in, in order for you to work, you have to mandate your, your pilots and your entire crew to take the vaccine, the vaccines. And you know what? Here we are with a pilot and also a flight attendant shortage. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just that way. In fact, I think this uh, past weekend, Hawaiian, Airline, Hawaiian Airlines, uh, they came out and said uh, they canceled a lot of their flights going to the neighbor islands from Oahu because they didn't have enough flight attendants and they didn't have enough uh, you know, uh, pilots. That's not great. Not great at all. So uh, hopefully they can clear that up, but I'm not sure how you're going to entice these pilots to come back because a lot of them are just pissed off and they already started new careers. So... That's that it. It is what it is. <laughs> so, but uh, again, if you're coming to Hawaii, you book with me. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Now, secondly, I want to welcome all my new listeners. You know, I had a recent interview with Gavin Sugai, and again, I I always uh, you know kind of describe him as the Joe Rogan of Hawaii. Um, he's pretty popular. You know, if you fall in the right circles and all that, you you'll hear his name. Uh, I guess you know shared upon like other people because the within the locals within the, within the local podcasting community, uh, he's pretty big. I mean, he 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 is he's a pretty well known guy, and uh, so he brought in a lot of new listeners to my podcast when he appeared on my podcast last week, and uh, this guy, you know, Gavin Sugai, he is just a wonderful person, such a great personality. Uh, he's all he's a joy to interview, and he's a, he's just a joy to have a really good conversation with. You know, some people you have a conversation with and you're always just debating and fighting or one person's always dominate, dominating the conversation you can't get a word in. And he's just a person who you could just, you know, talk back and forth for hours upon hours. You know, I had to kind of cut my podcast kind of short like uh, last time because I felt I could talk to him for three hours, right? <laughs> and uh, I knew he had other things to do because he took the day off to help, he took the day off to spend time with his mom, and then on top of that, he also, you know, made sure to come over, you know, to do the podcast with me before he spent time with his wife. So, really cool guy. Thank you so much, Gavin, for like you know appearing on my podcast. I appreciate it one million percent. All right, now let's talk about. Now we got those things out out of there, and we're not going to dive into this murder thing yet again. I'm going to cut to. I'm going to cut to commercial. We're going to get back to the Forest Hill murder because uh, that you know. That murder requires my 100% attention, right? But before we get into that, uh, I want to talk about this Biden Build Back Better plan because I'm not feeling it. You know, my wedding company's sure not feeling it. But I got into this debate with this guy who's a f- former professor, former civil engineer here in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, he's an intellect. I'll he, he, say he's a lot smarter than me because, you know, I have no idea how to build buildings. Um, But he comes out and starts telling me, you know, Steve, you really have to give Biden credit for what he's doing because gas prices, meat prices, everything is not expensive as you think it is because when you calculate inflation, and and he showed me this huge long equation with, you know, coefficients and all these different types of like, you know, things, which I remember how to do. Well, I don't remember how to do it, but I remember doing these equations, solving these equations back, back in high school. (laughs) 
Uh, but I thought they were just a waste of time. I never wanted to do that in, li- in life because I never thought I never thought it would be accurate. You know, to me, the more complicated an equation is, the more likely the solution is a bunch of BS. All right, and this applies to right now. So he told me. If you take this long equation and apply it to everything, inflation, the price of this, or all these different things, you're actually paying less for gas right now. <laughs> you're paying less for brisket right now. So please stop talking as though everything's so expensive because you really don't know anything. And instead of criticizing Biden on the high gas prices, the food, the real estate, you know, you should be thanking him because he is building back America better. Holy crap. This is what you call an intellect who has overthrottled their brain. He was overthinking the simplicity of just math, right? And it's taken arithmetic to a whole new level of stupidity. So how do you calculate you know, percentage of gain? It's really easy. So I remember this back from high school. I had to kind of refresh myself with Google because I used to use this a lot for like stock gains and everything. But even then, when I invest into stocks or anything, I just, you know, I, I invest I invest money to a stock, make sure the CEO is legit. I agree with the vision. I put it in there and I just forget about it. <laughs> that's all I do. And I take it out when I think I need it. But that's all I do, you know. But, you know, so, so for me, I don't really matter like, you know, 5% gain, 1% gain, all that as long as the CEO is sane and I agree with the vision of it and it's, it's a profitable company and it's within the Dow 30, I'm usually for it. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. Let's go back to this whole inflation thing. So according to you know the CPI, you know the geniuses over there in the government, uh, they employ this long you know algorithm or long long, long uh, equation uh, that is super long that I don't even know how to pronounce some of these words in there or even know what some of these symbols are. And uh, you know this is what he he introduced to me. So with that formula, it says that oh prices across the board averaged. Only 8.5%. And he said, while that's concerning, you know, prices have only gone up 8.5%, Steve. So you really don't have to like, you know, you know, cause such a ruckus. So let's take a look at the real equation, right? Let's, let's really take a look. So this is how you calculate percentage gain. So you take the current price and you subtract it from the former price, right? And then you just take that total. And you divide it by the former price and times it by 100. Now, I know you can't follow me along there, you know, um, I guess uh, through the podcast, but why don't we just apply this to brisket prices? So right now, if I go down to Costco, it's uh, $3.99 a pound for a brisket, all right? $3.99, that's my current price. Now, I take the former price, so I subtract the former price of $2.49. That's what it was under Trump. So the difference is $1.50, all right? Now, I take $1.50 and I divide it by the former price. So $1.50 divided by $2.49. And what do I come up with? 0.6024, okay? And then I times it by 100 to move the decimal point over to um, two times to the right. And then I get the percentage, which is 60.24%. That means the brisket... Was well, two forty nine, and it went up to three ninety nine, and it was, and uh, that means it went up sixty point two four two four percent. It did not go up eight point five percent. It went up sixty point two four percent, 
And that's why we're feeling so much of a, of a pinch because, whoa, wait a minute, that went up 60.24%. And brisket is kind of like a way I use to gauge, you know, all other prices of meat. So the price of like a ribeye doubled and went up, you know, and right now it's, right now it's at 60.24%. But now, get this, the price of meat's coming down just a little. I think you've noticed it, right? Uh, just maybe about a month ago, um, brisket was $5.99 um, um, a pound. So when it was $5.99, well, that was a hundred. 140.5% gain from $2.49. But still, with that long algorithm that this, you know, civil engineer likes to employ, he believes that, oh, wait a minute, brisket prices really didn't go that up, um, that, that high, only went up 8.5%. Now, we all know that's BS. We all know our gas prices are up over 100%. Real estate here in Hawaii, real estate here in Hawaii went up 20.5%. Uh, it was $900,000 before last year, and now it's $1.15 million. It didn't go up 8.5%, okay? The only thing going not going up 8.5% or is my salary, okay? You know, my, my wedding company prices are not going up 8.5%. I can't put it up because people don't have enough money, right? And did your salary go up? Did your salary go up with inflation? I don't think so. That means we got a lot more poor, all right? So apparently, you know, the Democrats, what they're doing, and even these, these uh, you know, these uh, liberals out there, all they're doing is they're spinning, they're spinning the truth. They're spinning math. They're spinning arithmetic, which is crazy. They don't want to, and what they want to do is they want to keep spinning things. So they, you know, you don't talk about the $85 billion of worth of military equipment uh, the Democrats and Biden gave to the Taliban. They, they don't want to talk about the southern border being controlled by Mexican, Mexican cartels. They don't want to talk about crime being out of control and also the selective justice they have. You know, on January 6th, you know, they're, they're putting away those quote unquote insurrectionists. They keep calling that, and they're still in prison, by the way. Some of them are on house arrest, but some of them are still in prison. And what did they do? Apparently, to them, insurrectionists show up for an insurrection without their guns, uh, but with Trump capes. That's how you're going to overthrow a government. Hey, guys, leave your guns at home. Bring your Trump cape. We're going to overthrow this government. <laughs> really? Really, that's a horrible story. Imagine if you saw a movie that way and your antagonists, your bad guys show up just with capes drawn on and they have no superpowers. They leave their guns at home and then the government just says, oh my God, they have a cape. And they shoot the people with the cape. And, you know, that's what they did to Ashley Babbitt. She was climbing the wall. She had a cape on. And that, that cop there shot her dead point blank range and said that I felt in danger and I was protecting people from her. How did that work out? Meanwhile, a kid who just shot up a maw is out on bail and he's allowed to go back to work with an ankle bracelet on. Who first, who, first of all, which employer is going to invite him back to work? You just shot up a maw, right? <laughs> but this kid can go back. He can go back. He just shot up, shot some people. But if you're Janu on January 6th, you wear a Trump cape and you're, you're invited into the Capitol because that's what the police were doing. All of a sudden, you're an insurrectionist. Really? Selective justice under the Build Back Better plan. Okay. And let's not forget, I'm not done yet, this war with Russia that Biden started by insisting that Ukraine join NATO. 
right? And, we, and the equivalent of that, just to let you know, the equivalent of insisting Ukraine join NATO is the equivalent of the USSR parking weapons on Cuba and pointing it toward us. We wouldn't, we didn't like that, and we almost went to war with you know the the Russia because of it, and now we're going to almost we're almost going to war because Russia doesn't want you know weapons or military or or, or military uh, I guess I guess force on their border. All right. The question is, what do Democrats run on 22? 2022, I'm sorry. It's really tough to say. What do they want to run on? White supremacy? I have no idea. All right, people, I'm going to cut the commercial. When we get back, we are going to talk about that Forest Hill murder. I think how I say her name is Ursula Gal. I think I'm going to like, you know, you know, pronounce her name wrong. She has a very unique name. But this murder is very, very interesting. Uh, hope you tune in for it. We'll get straight into it right after these messages. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Of course, this part of the podcast is all about the murder of Ursula Gal. Um, she was gruesomely killed this past weekend. Um, in her house over there in Forest Hill, New York City. Now, I've never been to Forest Hill myself. I may, well, actually, I may have. Yeah, I've vacationed um, to New York City about five or six times in my life. Um, I don't plan to go back there anytime soon because it seems to be very, you know, dangerous there. Uh, not this, this area, though, of, um, called Forest Hill, I took a look on Wikipedia and it seems as though it's a lot safer than other parts of New York City, or maybe it was. So in 2018, they had zero murders there. That's pretty incredible, right? For, you know, again, you're talking about New York City. You know, uh, you know even when it was safe, it's pretty hard to find a place that has zero murders. So this little small city there, um, which is also very diverse, is in fact very, very safe. So you know, what I'm going to do right now is that I'm going to take um, a New York Post article that I had read, and I'm going to read this to you. Um, as, and, I, and as I read it, I'll comment on it. Um, now, I did read through this article previously. It's not written very well. Um, so I'm going to make sure, I'm going to try to improvise, I guess, sentences as I go um, or paraphrase it because you know, a lot of times when you read things, it doesn't come off as well when it's spoken. So anyway, here it goes. So the Forest Hills mom, whose butchered body was found stuffed in a duffel bag, had once been reported missing by her husband. Okay, so we're not, her husband, again, had once reported her missing. We're not talking about something that had happened soon, uh, happened just previously, okay? So on May 29th, 2020, uh, Ursula Gale's husband, Howard Klein, actually reported his wife missing. This is back in 2020 during COVID. Um, and he reported her missing uh, at 7.21 a.m. And, uh, and then he told the cops that she went for a walk at 12.30 a.m. and had it returned. So she was missing from 12.30 a.m. to 7.21 a.m. 
on May 29th, 2020, during the height of COVID. And uh, apparently, you know, 30 minutes later, he told the cops she had been found. So she went missing before on May 29th, 2020. That's kind of strange, right? So, so now, fast forward to the present. Let me scroll down here. So uh, in, in, in case you have no idea how Orsula looks, she looks like a beautiful blonde bombshell. You know, very, very beautiful. Nice body on her. Not fat whatsoever. She really takes good care of herself. Um, and she's 51 years old, and she still looks like a very, very attractive woman. Now, she has two sons. One is age 17, the other is 13. And, uh, you know, on the Friday afternoon, this past Friday, she spent time in her backyard there before heading out with friends that evening over in Manhattan. And uh, now her neighbor described, you know, her entire family as being a normal family, right? Uh, I'm not sure what normal is, but he said, they're, they're like a normal family. Now, on Friday and Saturday, uh, the father and son, uh, they went over they went over to Oregon on a college tour, all right? So they're out there, you know, touring colleges. The older son, 17-year-old. And the 13-year-old was at home over there in Queens. Now, uh, Gal, that's the girl. Her name is Gal, right? 51 years old. Uh, she returned home sometime, sometime after midnight Friday into Saturday, so 12 a.m. at night. And then her killer came to the home soon after and then stabbed her 60 times in the neck, torso, and left arm. And then they stuffed her into a black Bauer hockey bag. So Bauer, in case you don't know, is a very, very big skating uh, company. Um, I used to wear Bauer skates before uh, when I used to play, like, uh, well, one of my friends played inline hockey, and I bought, like, you know, hockey skates. <laughs> and uh, they're, like, the step up from rollerblades, but they made, like, you know, nice blades. But anyway, but they also make, like, hockey skates. That's what they do. So, and this was one of the hockey duffel bags that was used by one of the kids. So apparently, what we do know is that, you know, the killer went in, went into the house, all right, and he, because he got one of the kids' hockey bags, and then he stuffed her into this bag. Now, hockey bags are pretty big, because you have to put the sticks in there. You have to put the sticks in all of your, your, your uh, shoulder pads and your helmet and everything like that. So these are pretty big bags, all right? So see, a lot of people are thinking, oh, these little like gym bags, like, you know, the Bauer hockey bags are small. They're huge. You can stuff a body in there, but it'll be very, very heavy, okay? And uh, Gal, the, the woman, she was found with possible defense cuts inside her fingers and on her hands, and she died from sharp force wounds to her neck. So she bled to death. Um... Now, what's interesting is that they're saying that the law enforcement sources, they suspect that the killer knew Gal because there are no signs of any break-in at the home. And considered the violent nature of the crime, they suggested the attack was personal and committed in anger specifically towards her. Because, again, she got stabbed 60 times in the neck. Now, that's really hard. I mean, just imagine this. You know, you're, you're going to stab anything. If you stab even a piece of chicken... Can you stab it 60 times in one single area? It looks as though, you know, she had died. And then even after she had probably, you know, gotten, you know, she had perished, this, uh, this murderer, you know, kept killing her and kept stabbing her even after she had, you know, left this world. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that her son was still home. The 13-year-old was still home. And uh, I'm sure the mom would have probably screamed somehow. 
Now, the son didn't hear anything. In fact, the son, I'm going to scroll down here. I'm reading this here. Um, the son, he said he wasn't sure where his mother was. Don't you find that kind of strange? I, I find that very strange because, you know, say, for example, you know, the wife, gal, you know, the gal, like G-A-A-L, that's her, that's her last name. Uh, she, she gets stabbed in the neck. You can still scream. And I'm sure there's defense wounds and she's screaming at the top of her lungs because she knows she's probably going to get killed. Wouldn't her son wake up? I, look, I took a look at the, the house. It's not that they live in. It's not that big. I mean, she would be screaming. And none of her neighbors heard it? It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, um, now, of course, you know, how can her son not know what happened to her, her mother? I mean, his mother. Now you're stabbing someone 60 times, and there must be blood everywhere downstairs. Just everywhere. And the son doesn't know? It just, it kind of baffles me. Okay. So anyway, after stuffing Gal's butchered remains into a duffel bag, the suspect dragged it from the side of the door of the family's home and through the neighborhood, leaving behind a trail of blood. So this body, you know, it's, it's bleeding. It's bleeding through the duffel bag, right? On top of that, <laughs> this guy who killed everyone, he went into maybe, I mean, where did he know? How did he know where to get the duffel bag? That's, that's what I want to know. So he knew exactly where to get the duffel bag or was the duffel bag already in the garage? You know, what did he, I mean, how did he know? And, you know, and what, what was he trying to do <laughs> by, by taking the body out of there, right? Was he trying to protect that son from waking up and finding his mother's butchered body on the ground there uh, just, just to save him from the gruesome discovery? Or was he just trying to even get away? All right, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And now you have all this blood that's on the ground there and I'm sure the footprints, fingerprints everywhere, you know. So, you know, here at my house, we're doing, we're, we're undergoing construction, and uh, you know, I got epoxy floors that look great and everything. And when I walk around uh, on the floors because there, there's, there's dust everywhere, I'm leaving footprints. So I could just imagine if there's blood all over the ground there, there's probably footprints and or fingerprints everywhere. So video surveillance from a local door, um, doorbell, they caught a shadowy figure rolling the duffel bag down the sidewalk on the 75th Avenue around 4.30 a.m. That's creepy, okay? So that's about four blocks away from Gal's home. Four blocks away. I mean, I don't know how big these blocks are, but that's a far way to drag a body, okay? That's really far. So the bag with Gal's body was in it was discovered around 8 a.m., a few blocks away, near the corner of the Metropolitan Avenue, um, and the Jackson Robinson, blah, blah, blah. Okay, a dog walker, Glenn Van Nostrad, 51 years old also, uh, told the Post that at first he thought it was a mannequin that was stuffed into a large pouch. And then when he peeked inside, he saw black ankle-length jeans, a belt, and a woman's waist and called the cops. So um, that's kind of interesting. I would kind of label him kind of as a suspect uh, because, again, sometimes... I've been watching a lot of forensic files, but sometimes a murderer wants an excuse to have his fingerprints on top of the duffel bag, and he'll say, oh, you know, I found the body, now, therefore my fingerprints are, you know, it'll be okay. But if you find his fingerprints at the scene of the crime, then, it, then we got a problem, right? But we'll see. You know, everyone right now is a suspect, including the kid and including the father and, and everyone else, even though the father is over there in Oregon, okay? Now... 
Okay, so when police arrive at Gal's house later in the morning, they found her 13-year-old son on the top floor of the home. So he told cops he lived at the location, but he didn't know where his mom was, the police said. And he was taken into custody and brought into a precinct for questioning before he was released later in the day. Um, that I find kind of interesting. I really do. I know he's 13 years old, very young. And you think, okay, a 13-year-old can't kill his mother. But hey, you know what? That seems kind of weird that he didn't hear anything. Um, Klein, um, the, the husband... He's a business owner with an advisory firm uh, located... No, hold on. Okay, hold on. Klein is a business owner. That's a husband, Klein. Um, he's a business owner with, with an advisory firm focused on lithium-ion battery materials. Oh, so they make... So he's, he's advising them how to make batteries, right? For all, probably for all the EV vehicles. And then he received a threatening text message from his wife's phone... You know, after she was killed, stating, your whole family is next. That seems a little set up to me. That really, really does. Um, what's interesting to me is that I think, I think, um, you, you know what's interesting? Hold on a second here. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm scrolling up here. So, so uh, the husband's name is Howard Klein. All right. And his wife's name is Ursula Gell. She has a different last name. As why didn't she take his last name? I find that pretty interesting. I mean, how close were they actually? I mean, were they really, really close, or, or did he have someone on the side here? I mean, usually, I mean, I work in the wedding industry, right? The woman takes the husband's last name. I want to know why Ursula Gell didn't take Howard Klein's last name. I think that's very interesting here. Okay. All right. Okay. So on top of that, for the fact that whoever killed her just walked in there, that that kind of gives me a clue here that somehow whoever was going to kill her either knew how to get, either knew her or knew how to get into this property uh, without breaking any windows, and they knew where the, the the duffel bag would be, and it just seems a little too well thought out. It really, really does. Okay, so let's see here. So, and, and also the, the the text message. I mean, he was out, just happened to be out. So he has a so this husband has a perfect alibi because he was over there all the way on the other coastline. And, uh, you know, his wife dies, and then he gets a text right after his wife dies. And then he says that our lives are at risk. It just seems too perfect of a story. It really, really does. Their plot hole in here is that, you know, again, how did the murderer, you know, get into the house without, like, you know, breaking a window or anything like that, you know? It, it just seems too well planned. So, since returning to New York, Klein has been in touch with police and is staying somewhere else as the home is still an active crime scene. Uh, police have said detectives know who Gal was out with the night before her death and are reviewing receipts and surveillance footage to track her movements and, fig and to figure out if she met a mysterious stranger along the way. Um, the police have said it's a mystery, uh, not a question of piecing together everything she did. Uh, police have been posted outside the home which is still wrapped in crime scene tape since the murderer. Plainclothes detectives were spotted hauling evidence from the property Monday afternoon, including a large iMac computer wrapped in a plastic bag. 
Um, everyone's on edge because the killers are still running around. Or, um, who just butchered someone yards away from our homes and they're still at large. That's what the neighbor said. So uh, the house, by the way, if I were to describe it, it looks like a tiny little gingerbread house. Um, it's, I, I think it's maybe two-story. And it's very, very tiny. It, it, it's very quaint. And it's in a neighborhood where uh, I guess the houses are just pretty close to each other. Um, if you were athletic enough, I think you could kind of jump roof to roof. And this is a neighborhood where I would probably think that if you have your television on too loud, your neighbor could probably hear it. You know, if you argue with your wife too loud, your neighbor could probably hear it. So for the, first of all, for, you know, the, no one to hear her scream, bloody murder, um, that seems kind of interesting. Um, why was she, you know, you know, stabbed 60 times? I can't figure that one out. Is it a crime of passion? Who knows? Why did she not take her husband's last name? Why does the husband's alibi just seem so perfect? Uh, I, 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 there's a lot of questions that I have, right? You know, I've, been watch, I've watched a lot of forensic files and more than one episode always consisted of, you know, the, the husband, you know, having, you know, some type of affair back on the, on the side and he doesn't like his wife he doesn't want to, or the kids. He seems like a loving husband on the surface, but he wants out. But he doesn't want to get a divorce a lot of times because if he gets a divorce, then, you know, usually she takes half, right? So what does he do? He hires a friend or someone, a gardener, you know, to go out and do this murder. And then he flies away somewhere. And so he has an alibi. And then when this person who he hired out to do the murder, you know, you know they, they catch him and they find out, wait, wait a minute. He was, there was text messages, you know, exchanged between the gardener or whatever like that to let that guy in. And he gets killed. This happens a lot on forensic files uh, right now. Could something like this happen? Um, who knows, right? I guess they have to take a look at the, you know, I would, I would subpoena the, the text message, uh, the, the, um, the, I guess the husband's cell phone. I really, really, really would. You know, I would follow the husband. You know, it, it just seems too easy. It, it seems way too easy for me. I'm not sure what you think. I'm really, really curious. Now, I'm hoping they, uh, I guess they solve this case pretty quickly. I think they will because uh, <laughs> that crime scene, it's going to have a lot of evidence on there. You, you just don't kill anyone, stab them in the neck a lot of times, blood's all over the place. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious you know, if they actually have the, the murder weapon around. I mean, what did they stab her in the neck with? I mean, was it one of the kitchen knives? I mean, or was it, did the murderer come with a knife to kill her? That's also another question, right? And why not? I mean, if this person broke into the house and killed them on purpose, right? Uh, you know, why why not do it very effectively, like with a gunshot or a silencer or something like that, right? Or just kill her once, you know, slit her throat and get on your way and get out of there before there's too much blood. And why take the body away? And then take the body away. You know, don't leave it inside the uh, inside the house. But then you know, again, like you know dump it like four blocks away that doesn't make any sense right <laughs> why doesn't the sun know you know what's going on that's also funny this house again is not very big if someone screams from downstairs you you would probably hear it from upstairs i know in my house if someone screams from across the area i can hear it there's no doubt about it all right 
a lot of questions. I want to hear what you want to say, uh, but I can't. I ran. I really wish you could call in right now. All right, I will talk to you. I will talk to all of you folks later. I gotta head to bed. It's about three or four a.m. Holy crap! I am out of here, people. Talk to you all soon. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.